Hello, 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 hello. Apologies again, it's late in the day, but look, I'm getting them in every day, so that's all that matters. I have a good excuse again today for the delay. I had another podcast, so that's three podcasts in three days, which is fucking class. Uh, class that there seems to be an increasing appetite. I think people are starting to to listen and to come round to the idea that it's not maybe as daunting as they, as they thought it would. So people that I've contacted ages ago are getting back in touch and people are kind of reaching out to me. So the whole thing just starts to be picking up a little bit of momentum, which is fucking deadly. Uh, in no small part, I think, to the fact that I'm banging these out every day. So it just goes to show how little improvements can make such a big difference and have such a big impact. And again, not to endlessly drone on about this concept of incremental improvements but there you go like we're not this is what day fucking jesus i don't even know seven or eight forty <laughs> but look we're we're not in it a wet week and it seems to be i seem to be reaping the rewards from it but the guy i had on today was rory coogan to say rory coogan is conspiratorially minded would be would be the way to phrase it i think but not only conspiratorially minded. I mean, he has some some wacky thoughts, but his wacky thoughts are more than balanced by his not so wacky thoughts. I had an intriguing conversation with him. We did about three hours twenty, and I'll absolutely get him back on several times. Like it's gas between Ivor, Anthony, and Coogie. There's three guys that I could literally do a series with. And who I may well do a series with. Or who I might just keep getting back on. Um, whether or not there's the appetite for it. Because I certainly have the appetite to speak to them. I mean, myself and Coogie, like in the three hour chat we had. Fuck me, we must have spent... We spent the three hours... I'd say we covered probably a hundred topics. I'd say we probably gave a hundred topics three minutes. You know, there, thereabouts. That's the type of conversation that I had with them. And thoroughly enjoyed it the man speaks very 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 well very articulate guy been down many's a rabbit hole many's a rabbit hole that i've been down many's a rabbit hole that i haven't been down he's after introducing me to some a whole pile of of, of, uh, of new material i suppose and we seem to be on the same page and in, in a in in many regards and look he's just a, an all-around good guy but i'm not here to talk about the podcast that I'm not going to upload for probably a week or so because Anthony's went live on what Monday, Julie's I'll probably put live the end of the week and Rory's I'll put live probably this day next week at the start of next week say. but anyway I digress as I tend to do but one thing that Coogie would call him, Rory Coogan one thing that Coogie said kind of resonated with me something came to mind as he said it and I wanted to, to get it out but the nature of these conversations, I can't just blurt in everything that I want to say, so I didn't. But that's the beauty of this daily podcast. It allows me to uh, to vocalise what I didn't get a chance to vocalise or to, to reiterate what I got wrong or whatever. It's, it's almost like a self-correcting mechanism. It's, it's, it's fantastic. But what he said was, he's been bringing up controversial topics forever. No, no, sorry, that's not fair. He's been doing it for several years. And to a large degree, I think he found that all he was doing was pissing people off. And he kind of had to address that. And it reminded me of something that I am keen to share with the with the world, I suppose. It's just, it's just a little thing, but the, the repercussions for me were immense. And it was 
it played no small part in my pulling the finger out and setting up this platform and creating off the lead and interviewing people or having conversations with people and doing the solo podcast and all the rest of it. And it was a mate of mine that I went to school with. Hadn't seen him since doing the Leaving Cert, basically. So I would have been, what, 18 at the time. And I bumped into him, I think it was not the Christmas gone, maybe not even the Christmas before, let's say two years ago. Bumped into him at Christmas time, two years ago. So two years ago, I would have been 32. So 14 years. I don't think I'd seen the man in 14 years. Bumped into him in a pub in Navin. I was like, well, man, what's the fucking story with you? Jesus Christ, is it really you? And he's like, oh, well, Fran, I want the crack, man, blah, blah, blah. And what I said to him actually was, fuck, long time no see. Uh, Jesus, what's your story? You know, you married, have you kids? Are you living in Ireland? Are you working, you what, whatever? And actually, the way I phrased it was, you know, you're working, how's things? Have you kids, are you married? And he kind of went, ooh, uh, uh. well, I actually came out, uh, you know, last year or not that long ago. And I was like, oh, fuck, no way. Just fucking fair play, lad. Um, and then we started talking about the um, marriage equality because it had just passed and the conversation went on. But he said that in a roundabout way, I had a hand in his coming out as a gay man. And what that hand was, was when we were in school. So he was in my class. And... I've been an outspoken critic of religion for as long as I can remember, really. And that really manifested itself in religion class, for obvious reasons. And my complaining about religion and pointing out the hypocrisy of Catholicism and the the inadequacies of it and the, the failures of it and all the rest of it, that was my mate's first taste of somebody questioning the norm say that was the first time he'd been exposed to somebody who wasn't just basically rolling over and fucking taking it it was the first time he'd been exposed to somebody who was challenging the status quo and that left enough of an impact on him to for it to come to mind 14 odd years later and tell me about it when we when we met in passing now we were only talking for two seconds but I can't help but feel responsible for having stirred something inside him because that, that's what he said that's he said as much because at the time he would have been a a, a gay man a, a, a gay teenager say in an all boys school and his, I suppose, gayness would have been, what would it have been? Didn't toe the kind of normal line, say, or at least what was deemed to be the normal line at the time. It itself was going against the grain and, you know, depending on who you spoke to, anything between uh, perfectly normal and morally abhorrent and reprehensible. But hearing me speak my mind, essentially, and stand the fuck up for myself, stirred something tiny in him, maybe. Minuscule. Like, it's not as if that he went home that day and told his parents that he was gay. It took him 14 fucking odd years to actually drum up the courage and 
essentially become himself. But it made me immensely proud that I touched him in that sense. And that realisation that what you do has kind of consequences and repercussions, what you do and say and how you act, getting that getting the feel of that get, getting getting a really tangible example of that was in no small part a catalyst for starting the movement that I've started and I keep saying it this is not just a podcast and I'm going to keep saying it I'm going to keep reminding people that if you're only listening you're missing the point entirely if you're only internalizing these things and there's no outward expression of what I'm saying or how you're feeling and it doesn't have to be immediate look when I say if you're only listening you're missing the point maybe you're getting it maybe you don't have maybe you don't have the the, the courage to speak out maybe you're I don't know maybe you've got too much shit in your life to to draw attention to yourself maybe maybe the timing's just not right But unless you've got a real fucking excuse that you can justify to yourself, you should be fucking doing something about it. And that's not for everyone. Like some people have genuine reasons to not put their head above the parapet. Some people have fucking more than enough on their plate as it is and don't need the unwanted attention or don't need to to provoke conversations or to engage with people or to engage with different ideas or to question themselves or to, to... you know, add introspection on top of all the shit that's mounting on top of them in their lives because look we 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 lived we live difficult lives. All of us. Some of us more difficult than others. Some of us have gotten our shit together a little bit more than others. But if you're waiting for things to get easy, you'll be a long time fucking waiting. Because life ain't easy. And it's not supposed to be and it's a blessing that it's not. Because there's real utility in hardship. And I'm not recommending hardship. I don't think that we should make the world a harder place to fucking live in. We should constantly be striving to make the hardships that we have a necessary evil, not the norm. Like I, I strive to, to put myself in uncomfortable positions. Because essentially I have a relatively comfortable life. And I need to force the hardship. And I think a big problem with the world is that once we've gotten rid of all the hardship, or not all of it, but most of it, you know, there's plenty of food in the fridge, there's diesel in the car, there's savings there for the rainy day. When we have all our needs met, essentially, like that, that, that should be a goal for people. You should strive towards getting that if you don't have it but when you do have it that's not game over that's fucking day one of the rest of your fucking life now it's time to help other people now it's time to help people who haven't been as as lucky as you You there's, there's an expression that I love the harder I work the luckier I get so when people say to me, "Oh, you know, you're you're lucky. You have the opportunity to, you have the time to make these recordings, and you you know you have this and you have that, and I don't have that, and 
fuck you if you think that's luck. I've been working my bollocks off for fucking 15 years and the rest to have what I have now. And I'm immensely proud of that. But I'm aware of how lucky I've been. I didn't have an abusive parent growing up. You know, I, I had parents that encouraged me. Now, my life hasn't been without its trials and tribulations and I'm the stronger for them all. And there's a few things that I'd fucking delete if only I could, but look. As painful as some of the things that I've been through have been, it's made me who I am. And I wouldn't change that for a second. And there's things that I there's things that I've done that I shouldn't have done. But I don't regret doing them. There's nothing I don't think there's anything that I regret doing. There's things that I'm I was about to say ashamed of. I'm not ashamed. I'm not I'm not really ashamed of anything that I've done. There's things that I, I wouldn't do again. But that's that's not quite the same thing as, as regretting something. And if your life is full of regret, maybe take a second to maybe go a little bit easier on yourself. Because the the past is the past. That shit's happened. That shit that ship has sailed. There is only now. If you want your past to be better, this is where it's at. There is only now. If you th- put it this way, if you want your past to be better, change your change your present. Because your present obviously, with nothing more than the passing of time, becomes the past. So you want a better past? Improve your present. You want a better future? You do the same fucking thing. There is only now. So on that somewhat philosophical note, I'll chat just tomorrow.